0: Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Equipment Watch Podcast.
1: Equipment Watch produces the leading database information products for the construction equipment industry and is the world leader in heavy construction research and serves more than 15,000 professional high-volume users of construction and lift truck data. Our online products are valuable tools and decisions surrounding the purchase, valuation, operation, and disposal of equipment. Today we're
0: talking about equipment disposition. I'm Aaron Kadzis, Product Marketing Manager for Equipment Watch. Joining me today are Elise Gregory, Senior Industry Analyst, and Sam Giffen, Director of Business Insights. Hi, everybody.
2: Hi, Aaron. Hi, Elise. Glad to be here. It's uh, interesting that Elise and I find ourselves on the show again, uh, speaking for uh, two very different product families today. So I know Elise is here representing the cost side of the house, and uh, I'm here representing the value side.
0: Great to have you both. Can you tell us what the difference between cost and value
2: is? So, yeah, let me, I'll start with values first. The way we think about values, uh, this is a, a, a metric for the actual dollar worth of an asset. In this case, it's going to be a piece of construction equipment. It's the dollar value of that asset, regardless of the application to productive work. And that's opposed to cost, which at least I think, is, is very different.
1: Yeah, so cost is generally the metric for the cost of your business to use the asset for productive work. Um, So that'll include both your ownership costs and as well as your operating costs.
2: Right so if if we're talking to an Equipment Watch user we think of cost in terms of you know your FHWA rate or your um, ownership and operating costs your standby or idling rates whereas we think of values more as the external value of the assets, your fair market value, or your forced liquidation value. They have a lot of commonalities and a lot of common pieces, but fundamentally they're applied in two very different ways, except uh, in this one particular case, um, the magical
0: Equipment disposition.
2: disposition.
0: Thank you, Sam and Elise. So obviously we're here today talking about disposition and disposition analysis, what do you mean by disposition analysis? Can you dig into that a bit for us?
2: Aaron, that's a, that's a good question. Disposition analysis is uh, an analytical method for understanding and being able to predict when uh, an equipment owner needs to sell their equipment to be most profitable. It is uh, really, really crucial, especially for equipment managers and um, finance offices, to be able to accurately predict equipment lifecycling, to predict uh, portfolio changes, and to understand how to accommodate um, market shifts that will drive uh, your equipment value, your residual value, up or down. This is, uh, this is probably one of the most crucial elements of the job of any equipment manager outside of the day-to-day management of equipment. And uh, for a lot of us in the industry, an easy scientific way to do this is, is really, I mean, this is the holy grail of equipment management, and that we're really all trying to search for the best way, the most efficient, most reliable way to predict when to profitably get rid of assets. Um, The nice thing about it is that, again, with an understanding of cost and valuation concepts, uh, it's pretty easy to do, well, sorry, I won't say it's easy, but it is doable uh, to get to a pretty working uh, model here. And we're gonna spend a lot of time today I hope talking about those models and sort of geeking out about uh, the best way to do it um, but before we get into that I think uh, it's important to think about how these work together it's all based on your the interplay between operating costs and your ownership cost and valuation so at least you're our resident uh operating cost expert right sure yeah <laughs> and um, so can you explain to us you know kind of how do operating costs play into this and why do they matter?
1: Yeah. Um, so before we spend too much time talking about what's included in an operating cost or what they kind of do over time or why they're important, um, I think it's important to just kind of provide a simple definition of what an operating cost is in the first place. Um, so here at Equipment Watch, we simply define operating costs as the cost to operate an asset. And we usually talk about it in dollars per hour. Um Next, it's really important to understand what is included in operating costs because it can help us explain what operating costs generally tend to do over time. Um, So things like annual utilization of an asset, the cost of fuel, field repair hours, field repair parts, and mechanics wage are all things that impact your operating costs at the end of the day. Um, However, operating costs are by no means exclusive to those things I just mentioned uh, there are a few others that can and will impact your hourly hourly operating cost. So,
0: sorry to interrupt you, Elise, but can you tell us where we can find more information on that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so if you go to EqualMillWatch.com slash resources, we've got some product guides listed there um, that kind of define a lot of the things we're talking about here today, as well as list out the the factors that are included in both your ownership and operating costs. Thank you, Elise. Yes, equipmentwatch.com/resources
0: is a great outlet for both users and non-users. Definitely recommend checking that out.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, um, when looking at what operating costs will do over time, they typically are going to increase. Um, so if you were to plot and visually look at what your costs do over time, your operating costs kind of look like the right side of a horseshoe. So as the equipment ages, you're spending more money on repairs and mechanics, for example. Thus causing a increase in your operating costs. Um, and at some point, your operating costs per hour will exceed the cost to own the asset per hour. And at that point, it may no longer be a financially smart decision to keep the asset on
2: the books. So this is kind of like driving a car long past the time when you should have replaced it, right? You're just going to incur more and more maintenance and repair, and it's going to eat motor oil faster and faster, that sort of thing, right? So your costs are just going to go up. Exactly. For the same amount of work. Exactly. You know, if we follow that car methodology, I used to drive a real old clunker, and the really nice thing about it was that over time, while it was more expensive to get the tires fixed and the brakes to stop squeaking and all these things over time, my operating costs were clearly going up. It was costing me less and less in taxes every year to, and insurance to actually own that car, which is, uh, really what we're talking about when we talk about ownership is technically the definition here. It's, you know, it's a a cost that includes the cost of depreciation, your major overhaul and your uh, indirect costs, things like, um, storage and, um, cost of facilities capital. Uh, all these things are a big part of an ownership cost curve which, as more astute listeners probably can guess, looks like the left side of the horseshoe. So it starts high, and with every additional hour that the asset is used, that ownership cost goes lower and lower, curving down until it reaches salvage value. What's really interesting about the ownership cost is that, uh, if you remember from earlier, we talked about the, the intersection of cost and values concepts you can think in many ways of an ownership curve very similar to a residual values curve, uh, which plots just the depreciation of an asset over time. Uh, And they follow very similar curves and typically both wind up at salvage value at about the same point in time. And that's the really cool part about how cost and values data can work together uh, for equipment disposition in that connecting these two curves can bring you to what's called the sweet spot of equipment disposition. So the sweet spot basically takes the sum of the ownership and operating cost curves, which remember we're looking at one is the right side of a horseshoe and one's the left side of a horseshoe. So the neat thing is when you combine that left side of the horseshoe that is ownership costs with the right side of the horseshoe that is operating costs, um, they're going to intersect somewhere in the equipment uh, life cycle, and when you sum them up, you're going to wind up with a U-shaped curve, um, or you know, as we sometimes call it, a second-degree polynomial.
0: Which I don't think our audience cares to know much more about.
2: That's that's fair enough. But the minimum, the minimum point of that curve, that new U, that is the sum of total ownership and operating costs, will actually tell you at what point in the lifetime of the equipment you've reached the minimum cost to your business to operate that for an additional hour.
0: Okay, so
1: tell us more about the minimum and why that's important here. So the that minimum spot or that sweet spot that Sam just talked about is important because it's at that point that your asset is the most profitable.
2: So ideally, if you hang on to it for any hour past that point, you're losing profitability.
0: Exactly. Yep. Makes sense to me. Can we elaborate on where this concept came from and how it's applied to our industry?
2: Sure. I, I think the, the concept of using cost-based uh, disposition um, methodology to get rid of assets and, and determine when the sweet spot's going to happen is uh, a, it's a pretty old academic concept, but it's been most popularized in the construction equipment management community by Dr. Mike Borster, who's written extensively about uh, this concept and the different ways in which uh, equipment managers can estimate uh, the sweet spot of their assets.
0: So now that we've had a chance to talk about what it is, let's go ahead and move forward discussing different ways companies can apply this concept.
2: Sure. Well, I think the, the easier one for most uh, organizations, especially uh, equipment managers and large fleets, is deciding which method to use to calculate your ownership cost. There are really two key camps here uh, for setting ownership costs and predicting them. Uh, one is to use the book depreciation of the asset uh, according to your, uh, your accountants, and the other is to use a market value or a residual market value. You can use either one fairly accurately. Um, The important thing to do is for your organization is minimizing variability. The less predictable that end point, your final residual value or your final ownership cost uh, curve point, uh, the more likely you are to wind up in an impairment situation.
0: An impairment situation? That doesn't sound very good. Uh, What does that entail?
2: Impairment is a situation that occurs when your asset is sold and it's actually sold for less than market value. And so that means you are essentially taking a loss on what it could have been had your residuals been more accurate. Um, and so obviously m- companies do not want to do that. But on the flip side is you also don't want to sell the asset always for too much more than it's worth uh because that leads to an unpredictable tax liability on the profit from the asset sale against your books in whatever year that is. So the more you can minimize variability uh the better. I personally uh prefer the residual market value approach. I find it's a less of a portfolio risk at the end of a five or seven year term simply because you're better able to dispose of the asset. We're we're not in a we're not in an industry where assets sell for uh, pocket change even after five to seven years. So a few percentage point swings on a large crane um, is a pretty substantial amount of money. And so I find it's better to um, err on the side of not falling into impairment.
0: All right. Thank you, Sam, for going over ownership costs and how that works. Elise, could you tell us a little bit more about the operating cost side?
1: Yeah. So similar to the ownership side, there's a few different ways to kind of slice this pie. Um, one of them is the component model, which is the idea that a piece of equipment is the sum of all of its parts. So it's the idea that over the life cycle of the asset, the components make up the majority of the operating costs. Another model is the repair parts and labor model, which is basically just taking into account the cost of repair parts as well as the labor associated with those repairs. And then, alternatively, if you don't have enough asset-specific data to use the component model or the repair parts and labor model, you can plot CAT class repair parts and labor data. So it would be kind of an aggregate of all of your assets in a particular category and class instead of being very asset-specific. What would you say is the most important factor in
0: the equipment disposition timeline? I would personally say machine
1: utilization. Sam?
2: For me, it's actually uh, it's the hand that turns the key. It's the operator. They tend to have the greatest impact on um, operating cost. Inexperienced operator will force you to repair your machines more and more, and their inexperience or their lack of expertise will cause a greater frequency of the sort of catastrophic failures that tend to uh, shoot the operating cost curve way high.
0: And going back to machine utilization, Elise, if it's not already painfully obvious, can you tell us why you'd pick that?
1: Yeah, in my opinion, machine utilization is the most important because it has an impact on both your ownership and operating cost curves. Um, so the more that you use an asset, um, it can actually decrease your ownership curve much faster. Um, but at the same time, it can't increase your operating costs equally as fast. Makes sense to me.
0: So we've talked a lot about ownership and operating costs as well as values data. How can equipment managers use equipment watch to calculate disposition?
2: Well, I think, uh, obviously, you know, we have a, a great ownership and operating cost product, um, Our ownership costs and our residual values application, it can easily accommodate all of the needs for the left side of your horseshoe, for the ownership side of it. But uh, at least I think it's a little more nuanced with our operating costs, right?
1: Yes, you can use our operating cost data to get the right side of the curve. However, we still recommend using your own uh, repair parts and labor costs that you've tracked over time. Um, That will always be much more accurate and specific than anything that we can provide to you.
0: All right. Disposition is clearly an important topic for the entire industry. So big thanks to Sam and Elise for discussing that with us today. Thanks, Aaron. Glad to be here. Always a pleasure. To our listeners, don't forget to check out the free industry resources, news, downloads, and more at equipmentwatch.com resources. You can expect to hear from us again in about eight weeks. Until then, be sure to subscribe to the Equipment Watch podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes to catch all the episodes.